How's it going, everybody? Adrian here, and welcome back to the Gaming Observer Daily News Updates for Monday, October the 11th. Hey, friends, hope you had a tremendous weekend. And today I have one major news story, and then for some reason, my news feed this weekend was just dominated by controversies, companies running into some kind of issue, and then sometimes having to backtrack. So we'll talk about those. Let's jump into it. Uh, first of all, Rockstar have announced that three Grand Theft Auto games are being bundled and remastered into what they call Grand Theft Auto The Trilogy, The Definitive Edition. So it is collecting a few games, Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas, re-releasing them on modern platforms. So that's going to be PC, both Playstations, both Xboxes, and the Switch later this year, probably in time for the holidays. A version for mobile will also release early next year. They didn't have much to say about the games itself. They said across-the-board upgrades, graphical improvements, gameplay enhancements, uh, and then they just did, like, a ton of details for stuff heading to GTA Online, so if you're invested in that, then feel free to check out the blog post that they did. Anyway, I think it's super cool that they're doing this. Uh, there is a version of these games that already exist on, like, mobile and stuff. They're gonna start deprecating those, but considering the amount of nostalgia, I think a full comprehensive release is a good idea, especially business-wise. I really, really hope that these are just single-player experiences, that they don't have some kind of multiplayer. You know, GTA Online has been their main business for nearly a decade. It's it's easy to be scared, which is offset somewhat by the very solid single-player of Red Dead 2. But anyway, huge couple of games there. Okay, and you know, I don't usually like to report on, like, negativity in the industry, but so much happened this weekend, and I'd like to turn it into something, I guess, with a larger message. So here's just a quick rundown of everything that happened. We previously talked about Hitman being listed on GOG.com. Of course, GOG is known for DRM-free games, being able to play them all offline. And Hitman, you can technically play it all offline, but it's intended to be replayed many times, and progression was locked to online status. So it got a lot of people super upset, and now GOG have come out and said, hey, we're taking the game off of GOG. We might bring it back at some point in the future with some updates, but uh, yeah, you can no longer buy that game there. Here's a new one. Uh, early access players of Back for Blood, which is like the Left for Dead clone, uh, they've taken issue with the fact that the game does not have any progression system if you're playing the game solo. So you can't unlock achievements, you can't track statistics, or earn any points in-game if you're playing on your own. Now, the solo mode is actually unlocked completely from the start, so it actually kind of makes some of that progression unnecessary. But of course, with everything unlocked, then it makes it much, much easier to max out all of your stats and farm everything and get achievements much easier than people playing multiplayer. So anyway, people got upset about this. The studio responded, hey, we're going to look at it. Okay, the next one here is from Amazon. They promised players multiple times that when New World was going to launch, it's their newest game, an MMO, hundreds of thousands of people trying to play the game. They said to these people, go to servers with low populations. You'll get into them faster, and you can transfer your character later to wherever your friends are playing. And then just recently, they said, uh-oh, quote, unfortunately, the original information provided was incorrect, end quote. And so now a whole bunch of people who spent tons and tons of hours in the game aren't able to move their characters over to where their friends are. Not a lot of people happy about that one. Okay, and then finally, last one I'll mention here. Square Enix also did a U-turn of their own, because Marvel's Avengers, when the game came out, they said all microtransactions are going to be cosmetic only. We don't want any loot boxes, no pay-to-win scenarios. And apparently, just recently, they implemented uh, paid XP boosts to make it faster to level up. 
Now, of course, we're all pretty sure that they're doing this because the player base just plummeted and they assume that the recoupment of the money that they get from this is going to be more important than the PR disaster. But it's another U-turn. And I don't know, I just want to take a look at all of these controversies that, that I just talked about and say, folks, try not to get too caught up into the games industry. You know, if you're invested in a franchise or a series or a developer, it is always, always good to practice safe purchasing decisions. And that means not pre-ordering games in general. It means waiting for the game to be out for a few days and see what people think. Be a patient gamer in general. And most importantly, like, I don't know, it is totally fine to criticize a game, but it's so, so easy to get angry and upset and emotionally impacted. And I think we just want to avoid that as much as possible. We want happiness in life. And so if you are ever a part of these communities and you're voicing your opinion, just make sure you're being as respectful as you can. And sincerely respectful, not hand-wavy respectful. Okay? Super important. We want smart purchasing decisions, but we also want smart emotional decisions. It makes for a better community overall. And hey folks, that is all the time we got today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, we will be back with whatever news there is tomorrow. And until then, happy gaming, everyone. It is the TGO After Show. Hello and welcome. Hey, it is, uh, it's, it's Canadian Thanksgiving this weekend. Isn't that exciting? I, oh, did I mention this already? I think I might have. It's hard to keep track of what I talk about on the show. You know, Thanksgiving, it's, to me, it's an excuse to eat really good food that other people cook, and I get to take home the leftovers, you know? The, the holiday itself, who knows? I, I, well, actually, a lot of people know. The holiday itself is not tremendous. The, the history of it, at least Canadian. I don't know about the rest of the world. It, it is a holiday that I would personally never have people over for, I think. Or if I did, like, I would just, like, call it something else. <laughs> uh, you know, I have no problem sacrificing my morals to go get extremely good food. But I don't think I could throw that party myself. Christmas, it's like, okay, you know, what is the root of Christmas? It's usually pretty religious. But I, I would throw a Christmas party as somebody who is not particularly religious. Because I love the vibes, you know? I love the Hanukkah vibes, too, to, to be totally, like, frank. For those of you who have never been able to celebrate Hanukkah, at least in my opinion, it is so much more fun. It's so exciting. Like, I don't know, I feel, I think I feel this way about the Jewish holidays in general. Like, I I've been exposed to them th for the first time in my life, thanks to Shelby, right over the course of the last four years. And every time I go, it, it feels like... I don't know how to describe it. It feels like joy is part of it, you know? Like Rosh Hashanah is the is the Jewish New Year. Of course, that's always very exciting as the as the other New Year is. I don't know. I do Hanukkah and it's like, ooh, tons of different presents and dreidel and the kids are pumped and everything. And then I do Christmas and it's like, ah, Christmas. It's like cozy, I guess. It's more of a vibe. And I will say, I absolutely love doing the dual Hanukkah and Christmas. It's just like... Okay, like, this is what happens. Shelby's dad is Jewish, or his family is Jewish. Shelby's mom is not. So we go to her mom's for Christmas. We go to her dad's for the Jewish holidays. But we also go her to her dad's for Christmas. Because, you know, her dad's wife is not Jewish. So she has to do, she needs Christmas, right? And he wants Christmas anyway, because the running joke in the family is that they're Jewish, right? Like, they're kind of Jewish. <laughs> They're invested, they're culturally Jewish, but maybe not fully invested into Judaism like someone might be. Why well, I've, I've been talking about this a lot, but today's holiday talk. Um, anyway, so 
Well, what was the point of all this? I would, yeah, I would throw a Christmas party. I would absolutely throw a Hanukkah kind of get together. You're supposed to have, what, is it eight of them? I know this is horrible. I got to Google it. Oh, yeah, of course, it's eight. I got to remember the eight nights of Hanukkah. It's Adam Sandler, dude. If you have not heard the, the Hanukkah song from Adam Sandler, you got to hear it. It's a classic. It's called Eight Crazy Nights. And uh, yeah, well, right, because we were talking the other day about the fact that if you want to go to parties these days, you either have to hope that one of your adult friends makes a party or you have to make the party yourself, right? Whereas when I was a kid, I was just chaperoned everywhere to all the different parties. Krim in the, in the Discord server was like, why must you hurt me so? And I'm like, yeah, I hate, I hate that that is the way it is now. So I got, I got to be the party thrower. Probably not going to be that way for a few years. If we're, if we're around the world and not, um, not with our usual family and friends, then that's not really going to be possible. Okay, I've talked enough, folks. Thanks, thanks for uh, entertaining me on my holiday talk. I will return tomorrow, maybe with some more, because honestly, I'm going to be stuffed full of turkey. And until next time, farewell. <laughs>